So we are continuing in Romans. And uh, we are in Romans 8. Romans 8 and we're gonna look at the first 14 verses. And before we start, I also want to pray for the show. Lord, we come in front of you and we ask you that you speak to our hearts. We need you. We need your truth. There are so many things that we think, so many thoughts that we have and things that we hear. But we need your truth. And um, I thank you that you just become true in your word and show yourself to us in your word and that we get to know you and um, we want to get to know you just like that just how you really are and so please open your word towards us fill us with your holy spirit so that we can understand your word and take it into our hearts so speak to us jesus through your word amen so romans 8 and um i've sort of title this sermon with the life in the Holy Spirit so in the past section Romans 7 verses 14 to 25 we talked uh, in detail about the fight that we face with as Christians between the new and the old man the new and the old human the fight between the flesh and the spirit so we entrusted Jesus with our life when we turn to God he moved into our lives the bible says that our body is the temple of the holy spirit jesus lives in us and um, we read in the text which can be a bit confusing sometimes but we read about the spirit of god in us and the spirit of christ and the holy spirit in us and about Christ, christ in us uh, that shouldn't confuse us because it's more a proof of the Holy Trinity of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Three, peop three people, but still one. In the end, it's always God that is within the believer. So, the Holy Spirit is the source of heavenly power and it's living in us and uh, but the, the old human our sinful nature the flesh how it's often called is still there next to the holy spirit in us and it's rearing up again and again and fights against the new life in us but through the victory of jesus on the cross has sin has um Whose last consequence means death or is death has lost its power in our life it's conquered and so paul in romans 8 verse 1 makes one of the most impactful has one of most the one of the most impactful messages in the bible therefore there is no condemnation for those who are in christ jesus can you hear that there's no condemnation no damnation for those who have entrusted their life to Jesus. That is the only prerequisite for our salvation, only through belief. If we are in Jesus, we are saved. There is no damnation. And um, 
if we take a closer look at verse 1, there's one addendum, sort of. It says, therefore, there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, for those who don't act according to the flesh, but according to the ghost, the Holy Spirit. David Guzik, who is a Bible commentator and also other um, students of the Bible, they say basically that these last words of the first verse on, cannot be found in the oldest editions of the of Romans and they kind of don't fit in the context in which Paul was writing this so it is very likely that they were late later on added by um, a transcriber it is true that those that are in Christ are not supposed to act according to the flesh but according to the spirit but it is not a prerequisite or not validity for what doesn't affect the validity of the first part of the first verse. There is no damnation. Our position in Jesus Christ is the only reason for us not being damned. If we are with Jesus, we are one with Jesus. When God sees you and you have accepted Jesus into your life, then he sees Jesus in you. And he would never cast you aside. And he would never cast Jesus aside. So he wouldn't cast you aside. So it stands true. There is no condemnation, no damnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Let's look at verses 2 to 4. Because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. For what the law was powerless to do because it was weakened by the flesh... God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh to be a sin offering. And so he condemned sin in the flesh. In order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fully met in us who do not live according to the flesh but according to the spirit. So the law which we can find in the books of Moses kind of describes the uh, expectations that God has um, for us humans. It includes the Ten Commandments and um, all the other rules and things that we as human have to follow to be justified in front of God and not be judged. But because of our weak and sinful nature, no one is able no one is able to hold on to these laws and stick to these laws and therefore obtain righteousness in front of God. Therefore, everyone is judged through the law. There is no one who's justified, no one who's righteous. But this law of sin, how it is called here, is no longer valid for him who lives in Christ Jesus. It's not valid for the one who has given his life to Jesus. The old law has been replaced by the law of the Spirit, which brings through Jesus Christ life, which brings life in fulfillment, which brings life in the here and now, in a life, in eternity, in glory. How did it come to this? The law was not able to help us. It didn't help us to live like God wanted us to live. The law itself is good. 
It can teach us and show us the character of God. It can give us a benchmark for our lives, but it cannot enable us to live according to it, because the law itself has no power. It cannot, it cannot enable us. The law was not able to fight the sin within human. It was only able to kind of show that it's there, but not how to overcome it. It shows us that we are lost. But it wasn't able to give us the power to follow it. And that's why. That's why God gave us his son. To save us. And to finally be able to do what the law wasn't able to do. And so about 2000 years ago Christ became human. He came to us, he became flesh, took on the same form as we sinful humans, but he, he stayed without sin. And so he was able to take judgment upon himself on the cross that we deserved. So Jesus takes your sin and takes the basis of your damnation and gives you his righteousness. That is the best switch you can make. Give your sin to the Lord and receive his righteousness. The righteousness that God wants from us therefore has been fulfilled in us through Jesus. Here it doesn't say through us because we have fulfilled anything or did anything great that would have justified us in front of God but it says in us because we are in Christ and that's why we fulfill the law Jesus righteousness is our righteousness so what does that mean let's just take a quick look at the Ten Commandments let's say these are the core values of God's righteousness through Jesus, you have fulfilled them. In Jesus, you have fulfilled them because you have his righteousness in you. God has given you in his mercy and love the righteousness that is needed in front of him. He has given that to you through Jesus. That means, in other words, you are good enough to come before him, to come into heaven. You are saved. There is no condemnation because you have the righteousness of Jesus in your life. And in Acts 13, verse 38 to 39, it says, Therefore, my friends, I want you to know that through Jesus, the forgiveness of sins is proclaimed to you. Through him, everyone who believes is set free from every sin, a justification you were not able to obtain under the law of Moses. Let's take a look at Romans verses 5 to 8. Those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. The mind is governed by flesh, and that is death, but the mind governed by Spirit is life and peace. 
The mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those who are in the realm of flesh cannot please God. Because the Holy Spirit of God is living in us. We are finally enabled to live according to his will. So now in our life, therefore in our life, God's righteousness can come true that the law demands from us. Can you see the difference? We are no longer those that have to stick to the law to the letter in order not to be judged. But the Spirit of God in us enables us to a life according to His righteousness. That is something that we were not able to do in our own flesh, in our old self. Jesus in us enables us to live in His righteousness. And our challenge is now that we let ourselves be commanded by the Holy Spirit and that we don't give the flesh and all nature no more room in our lives so that our new lives and the righteousness of God can develop in us. But he who still lets himself be dictated by the flesh, he follows his selfish wishes instead of asking for God's will. His life is basically just being lived towards what the flesh wants. But this yearning never leads to happiness. There is no peace, but there is only death. So he who gives the flesh all the room in his life and he who lives like someone who is not saved, he basically asphyxiates the new life in the Holy Spirit. He, he doesn't lose his salvation, because like we've heard before, there is no condemnation for him who is in Christ Jesus. We cannot lose that salvation, but however, he is dead from a spiritual viewpoint, because he does not leave Jesus, he does not leave the new life any room in him and that is why the Bible also says you're dead from a spiritual viewpoint because you're not living with Jesus but in your own life and to want what our nature dictates what our flesh wants means to be opposed to the will of God So, it is just the logical conclusion that the man who lets himself be dictated by his old nature and doesn't embrace the new life in the Holy Spirit doesn't please God. Why should he be pleased? And um, when we talk about this, we don't only mean like the dude who's really deep, deep, deep in the sin, but also the old lady who might be really religiously zealous and who's trying to earn her salvation and her or God's approval through her own strength and wisdom. All of this, all of these aspects describe a life under the old flesh or with the old flesh under the old nature. It describes this life that we as believers should be free from. So, um, it says in verse 9 to 10, 
says, You, however, are not in the realm of the flesh, but are in the realm of the spirit. If indeed the spirit of God lives in you, and if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, they do not belong to Christ. But if Christ is in you, then even though your body is subject to death because of sin, the spirit gives life because of righteousness. And I'm just imagining Paul, like he really, really wants to basically shake every one of his listeners and he wants to tell them, you know, wake up and understand that we cannot live under the rule of our old nature anymore and that you're not under that rule anymore, that you're able to be better than that and that the Holy Spirit is in us and that we are free for this new life in the Holy Spirit and we're enabled to live through the power in mercy and grace of God and live according to his will Christ in us do we understand that properly Paul wants to shake us so that we really understand this Christ in us he he is our identity he is building it inside of us he is the motivation for a life according to God's will he gives us the yearning and he is the strength for our life according to God's will because he gives us the ability to achieve that we are the ones that have to reach out for the Holy Spirit and ask us daily what God wants what is your will God and that we hold down the flesh that is rearing up again and again that we hold that down it's rearing up again and again that's what we also talked about last week but we can be able to conquer that and we reach out what we should do is reach out for the holy spirit and ask for god and what his will is for us so just think about the picture of the vine that um jesus gave us in john 15 and it says that Jesus is the vine and we are the graves that are attached to him and Jesus says in John 15 I am the vine you are the branches if you remain in me and I in you you will bear much fruit apart from me you can do nothing if you do not remain in me you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers such branches are picked up thrown into the fire and burned if you remain in me and my words remain in you ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you so what does the vine do to bear fruit what does she do nothing absolutely nothing She bears fruit because she's connected to the vine. Inside the vine there is the DNA and the power and the strength that lets the fruit grow. And the vine is just the connection between or like the, the vessel that is just attached to that. She does nothing just out of herself.
So that is the behavior that, or the behavior that is according to God's will, or the ghost or the spiritual fruits like love, joy, and patience. All of these are not brought forth through our own doing or through a demand of God, but they are brought forth because of the godly nature that is flowing through us when we stay in Jesus. She's the natural result of the godly nature that is flowing through us when we are in Jesus Christ. And Paul also talks about this in Galatians 2 verse 20. I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. So, I just have to be that open vessel that reaches for God, and God's love and life will flow into me, and that will bring forth the good fruit. And enable me for a life of righteousness and in the second part of verse 9 it says and if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ they do not belong to Christ the Holy Spirit like we know is given to uh, every every believer when they turn to God we are sealed in the Holy Spirit so we know that we belong to God and are his children And who doesn't have the Spirit of God, There is he's, he's non-Christian, oh, it's logical, right? In verse 16, Paul says, The Spirit himself gives testament that we are children of God. In other words, the Holy Spirit gives us this knowledge that we are children of God. We just know it because God's Spirit lives in us. You feel this in your heart. You feel the Holy Spirit in your heart because it awakens the wish in you to be more like Jesus and to worship Him and other things that might have been so important in your life before and they become smaller and lesser compared to that. Because you have this Holy Spirit in you that just awakens this wish in you to be with Jesus. And... Uh, even more than that, you, it's also important not to just listen to your heart and your feelings because they can be deceitful, but to also listen to the truth that God's word is telling you. And in John 1 verse 12, it says, Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. God's word is promising you that and the Holy Spirit is fulfilling it. And let's look at verse verses 11 to 13. And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his spirit who lives in you. Therefore, brothers and sisters, we have an obligation 
but it is not the flesh to live according to it. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die, but if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. The same Spirit that has awoken Jesus from the dead also makes us live spiritually. Basically, we've been dead spiritually before because we had no relationship to God, but through Jesus, we have been made alive we have been awoken we have been risen through the holy spirit jesus has awoken new life in us because he has moved into our lives he makes alive in the holy spirit and alive with a relationship with god possible in the here and the now and of course in eternity the uh, conclusion that paul is basically drawing at the end is that because the Holy Spirit of God is living in you, the power that has conquered sin and death, you are no longer obligated to live according to the flesh, no longer obligated to live according to your old nature, but more so you are able to and you are supposed to leave behind all these old habits and you're called to overcome those old habits and to give new life room within you and in Colossians 3 verses 5 to 10 put to death therefore whatever belongs to your earthly nature sexual immorality impurity lust evil desires and greed which is idolatry and have put on the new self which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator renewal and here again we can see this principle of the vine and the grapes it's the holy spirit that changes us that renews us and we do not have to bring forth this new life just out of our own strength and power but however we need to actively separate us from the old life and kill it like it says here because we know a room can only be redecorated when we get rid of the old furniture, right? And just like that, we have to separate ourselves from the old to be able to really embrace the new. And this renewal, through which we get made more and more into this new self that God wants us to be, it's a process. It's not just happening from one second to the other. It's not just happening on the press of a button. But it's not that. It's a process. So let me tell you, do not be stressed. Because if you're stressing yourself, that's when you try to do things just through your own strength and power and stick to the law by your own strength. But let's remember, we are the grapes that are reaching for the new life so do not be stressed the important thing is to not lose focus and to get the right focus you have to leave behind the old stuff and embrace the new more and more and you do that by staying in jesus christ and to give over your life to him completely and tell him here i am
and that goal of everything else, you have complete freedom and reign to live within me. That is a life in the Holy Spirit. That is a life that pleases God. Do we want to have that? Father, we reach, we reach for that. We reach for this life in the Spirit. Father, we thank you that you have saved us. We thank you that uh, you don't just, you know, give us this the heap of laws and that we have to work for righteousness by ourselves because we are not able to do that. We we know that we are all sinners. We are evil in our hearts and nobody needs to tell us that because we know we know that. But we thank you, Lord, that you gave us your son and we thank you that you saved us through that and you enabled us to be righteous through Jesus and I thank you that all we need to do is just accept you and believe in you in order to be saved so that we are not judged any longer Father, thank you that we can know that there is no damnation for him who is in Christ Jesus and if there is anyone who's accepted you and who's doubting that I pray that you let him know that in his heart that there is no doubt anymore that he doesn't think that there is anything missing or anything has to do but that he knows that he just has to accept you in his heart and believe and believe that you have died for his sin father I ask you that you let him know that let us all know that and I thank you that we don't have to live in this old nature without you but that that you have moved into us and that is something that is something that we cannot comprehend in our heads but it's only something we can feel in our hearts that you live in us that there is divine and heavenly life in us and father you don't just want to be a small part of our lives but you want to fill us completely you want to live in us Please, Father, help us to understand that completely, what that means to be attached to you, to be with you, to be this vine and these grapes, be this vessel in which you can pour your Holy Spirit and that we, that this new life can become a reality within us that you want for us and that we can give you all the glory. Father, that's what we want. And we reach for that. And I ask you, Father, please help us to actually reach it and to get it and to live within the Spirit. Amen.